Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help you make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. Oh my goodness, it went away from me. <laughs> this is your host, Sophia Renea Morales. And today we are going to discuss the power of choice with Marla Goldberg. But before I go there, I'm about to give you a choice in your life as well. I do a thing every Tuesday evenings called Sacred Living Labs. And tomorrow evening, that would be the 2nd of March. Uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, we are going to be exploring life between life. This is an actual experiential experience, and you are welcome to join us. You can find the link to register for that. Uh, go to http uh, bit.ly slash spirit talks one. It's bit bit.ly slash spirit talks and a numeric one. If you would like to sign up for that experience, it is remains only $10 and it's hard to say no to that kind of a screaming deal. So <laughs> that's my pitch for Tuesday evening. And uh, Marla, let's uh, do a quick interview an introduction for her. Marla is an energy worker, intuitive speaker, teacher, co-founder of the Global Consciousness Development Circle, creator and host of Guided Spirit Conversations podcast, and the best-selling author of My Fucking Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path, and also My Sacred Journal. That's Is that the new one then, Marla? That's, yeah, that's the new one. Awesome. She's been yeah. trained in 25 modalities, and she brings all of her knowledge and experience into her work, whether she's working with her clients one-on-one, -on -one, speaking at events, uh, on her podcast, or through her books. Marla is devoted to helping others make their fucking long journey to loving themselves <laughs> a shorter and easier version than she had. Welcome, Marla. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be back. Thank you very much, Sophia. It's been way too long. We were catching up before the show. It's like, oh, my God, <laughs> the stuff that has happened in the meantime. I know. I mean, what was it? The last time we spoke was May or June? Something like that. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even a long speak. It was just kind of this, oh, okay, cool. You're on the panel. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And then you told me your story. It was like, wow, you fit like five years in one year. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I just more than it in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't recommend that. I had to fall on my face for about two months after that. 2020 was a lot of stuff. So I wanted to talk to you about the power of choice because Lord, have I made some choices this year. So why are you passionate about the power of choice? Oh my God, there, choice isn't everything. Joy, choice is, do you know as adults, we make over 35,000 choices, whether it be conscious, subconscious, or unconscious throughout the course of just one day. Doesn't that just exhaust you thinking about how many choices we make? And I know, isn't that staggering? And the other thing that psychologists tell us is you can actually... There, you have a limited capacity for choice in any given day, 
And that's why you will see in some of these like efficiency, um, you know, being the best you can be bringing the most impact to the world kind of courses, they will tell you, eliminate as many choices from your life as you can. So you have enough bandwidth to make the really important ones. (laughs) Sure. It's funny because I have a teacher. She said, you know what? And she was saying just that, you know, have the same thing for breakfast, you know, pull, you know, pull out your clothes or wear like wear all similar colors. So that you're, you're limited and what time you spend making choices. But a lot of the choices we make are really unconscious. They're, they're habitual. So yes. we don't even realize we're making those choices. Oh, isn't that the truth? I know for myself when I'm changing a habit, the most important thing I can do is figure out what my eight-second win is and what my eight-second barrier is because that's all it takes to interrupt a pattern is eight seconds. So if you're trying to watch less TV, take the batteries out of the remote because <laughs> oh, it puts that eight-second hurdle in there. You have to really want to watch TV. You can't just reflexively hit the button and make it happen. Yeah, uh, that just drives me crazy. It's channel change, channel change, channel change. Like, you know, commit to something and let's at least see what's on. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. Yes. My father has come to live with me in this last year. We were discussing earlier and he is a channel surfer. Extraordinaire. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like, how do you even know what's going on? How do you even know? Whether you want something or not, you're not giving yourself enough time to really make a cognizant decision. Yeah, it's, it's all just reflex. Exactly. And that's how we really go through most of our life. And we do it out of a, you know, it's really interesting because you think you might be weighing choices, but nine times out of 10, the choices you make are made before you even make the choice. And it's based on your emotion. Yeah. How you feel. So that's pretty amazing when you think about it, because it's like, no, I weigh my choices. I thought of the pros and the cons, and I did this, you know, I made this choice anyway. Well, did you make I, it based on the pros and cons? Uh, no, I guess I did make it out of emotion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can remember being uh, in just out of grad school, I think it was, and I was trying to make some really important life choices. And I remember doing like the pro and con and the columns and everything. And I got down to the bottom of it. And it's like there were more pros than cons, but I didn't want to. (laughs) That's it. Emotion. Yes. It's like, I'm not doing it. And, and that's okay, as long as you take into account how it affects the people around you, not just yourself. But when well, you get older and you start having other people in your life that you're responsible for and with. And the other thing that I learned out of having gone through that exercise, right, because I put all the logical stuff on there, all mm-hmm. the measurable stuff on there, but I hadn't accounted for things like, how do I feel about doing this sort of activity? Does it lift me up or does it drag me down? I hadn't weighed any of that kind of information in there. And it's like, mm, maybe I need to think a little more carefully about what goes on my list and how it's weighted. <laughs> yeah. And then now you know to add those things about how do I feel? Do I feel good? That would go on a pro list. If I feel not so good, that would go on the other side of the, you know, that, that line. And it will then help you make a, a decision with emotion involved, but not emotional, emotionally make the decision. 
Exactly. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't derail the train. <laughs> it does not derail the train, but it's, it's phenomenal. I, I just, you know, when you think about how many decisions, I mean, you make over 226 decisions on food alone. Mm-hmm. Your food decisions. I mean, oh my God, I didn't think I ate that much. That I had to have 226 plus thoughts in my head about decision-making about food. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've gotten out of the habit. My my habit was kind of disrupted in this past year. But I, at one point, and I'm going to bring this back in, would make all of my food choices on Sunday. <laughs> Oh my I would God, sit really? down and go, okay, here's what Monday is going to be. Here's what Tuesday is going to be. Here's what Wednesday is going to be. And I sort of have to because I can't just have the same thing for breakfast every day because mm-hmm. I have food allergies, which means I can only have what I had on Monday on Thursday or Friday. Oh, interesting. Yeah, if I put them too close together, that's where I get into trouble. So I have to keep them spaced at least four days apart. What about cravings? Do you get cravings? Of course I get cravings, but I I either look and see if I can give in to the craving, right? How long has it been since I've had that? <laughs> and then I may give in to the craving because your body does ask for things through cravings. Yes. Um, but if it's one of these things where it's like, I want sugar, 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 that's usually mm-hmm. yeast, in which case I... I kind of dig my heels in and go, nope, you're not going to win. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. Since I've been off of sugar for over five years, it's, um, that's not an issue for me. Though I do occasionally have that sweet tooth. So it's like, hmm, what do I do for that? Dates. Dates, Dates will take care of that sweet tooth. Dates are nice. Yes. Yeah. They pack a, they pack a punch. So we've been talking about all of these choices in life and some of them, you know, what we eat and what we wear, um, relatively lightweight choices in some ways, although I think we don't give what we eat quite enough credit because it really makes a difference in how our bodies feel and function. Um, But I also want to kind of look at the bigger decisions mm-hmm. around choice. It's like this this thing, this event has happened in my life and blown up my world. <laughs> yes. This is where choice really takes center stage. Oh, and it does. And it, it's, you know, and, and the way people go about it, you know, it's like the choice between good and evil, right? You know, the ability to make um, a selection and say, you know, not say I had no choice. I had to do it. I had no choice. Yes, you do. You always have that choice. Yes, you and just it, didn't have a very good choice, maybe. <laughs> you didn't You didn't have the good the options, options for the choice. sucked. <laughs> right. <laughs> but out of those sucky options, you've got to choose something. So it's like the, 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 you know, the devil you know, maybe, over the devil you don't. Or maybe the devil you don't know is actually a better choice for you because you don't know what that outcome is going yeah. to be. Well, you know what they that say? one's always scarier, right? I have a friend's mother who just went through that. And she 
she was having a hard time in her relationship, her primary relationship. She said, okay, well, I'm going to move in with my daughter. This will be a better choice. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, all the family stuff like comes up to the surface. They haven't lived in close proximity in decades. And it, it worked out for a couple of months. And then mom decided she was better off with the devil she knew. <laughs> well, and sometimes, you know, but you know, you, but here's the thing. She knew the devil that she went to. She just forgot. Yes. I mean, you just, you know, you tend to forget if you haven't been there. It's like, oh, this is going to be wonderful. We'll have a chance to bond and get close and do this. But guess what? Her personality is still her personality, and yeah. her proclivities are still her proclivities. And, and unless you make is still the as same, are. Yep. <laughs> and so unless you make a concerted place. effort to to sort of rebuild the relationship together, accepting or finding a way to work within the constraints of both people and their, you know, the way they live their life. Yeah, you you are going to want to move on and not live. Say, tried it, did it. Not working. <laughs> no. Nope, not working. So what, what is the key to making good choices, do you feel? Because, I mean, that's the whole thing about this, this world that we're in. It's all about free will. And I get clients who kind of piss at me. It's like, well, why don't I have all, you know, unicorns and, and roses mm. and all of that kind of stuff? It's like, well... You wouldn't know what you were made of if all you got was unicorns and rainbows. Well, that's it. It's like, how do you know true happiness if you haven't experienced sadness? How do you know true gratitude for something if you haven't known lack of something? And then you go into the, you know, the duality of it. And so once you you bring those aspects into your decision-making process, you know, there are six main approaches to decision making and yeah i know you'll 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 go yep yep but like, I, I'm, I'm sure there are i can think of a couple that i use as the strategy because decisions have since a small child been really hard for me until recently so you've got impulsiveness um, you- i have a lot of fomo it's like if i choose that then i what about the other <laughs> Well, but impulsiveness is basically it's a chicken. That's that knee jerk choice. You know, chocolate, vanilla, I'll have chocolate. I mean, you don't even think about it. It's boom. You know, Mm -hmm. vacation. You want to go to Mexico or do you want to go to Italy? Italy. You don't even think twice about it. It's because it's someplace you've always wanted to be. It's very impulsive. But then you have your compliance. You make a decision based on what's most comfortable or, or what's the most popular option. So let's say it's a between a Ford and a Mercedes or a BMW. And you're like, well, I want that Mercedes. I want that BMW. So, the, you know, you, you pick the choice based on what's popular for you at the, at the time. Or seems prestigious or whatever mm-hmm. the emotional driving factor is. Exactly. Then you have delegation. You know, you don't want to choose. It's like, where do you want to go to dinner? Oh, you choose. I don't oh, want I, to know this. And everything's fine with me. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> everything's fine. And it's sort of I like- hate that. I had my family came to visit a few years ago in California. 
<laughs> and every time I asked them what they wanted to do, they're like, oh, whatever. Oh, whatever. And you get down to the end of the trip and they're like, well, we didn't do anything. Well, you didn't express any preferences. So there you go. <laughs> leave me alone. And here's the thing. Delegating is still making a decision. Choosing yes. not to choose is a choice. And people don't look at it that way. But it's really. And here's the thing. When you delegate, you give away your power. Yes. And that's a, that's a point that I think a lot of people don't recognize and as how much power you give away when you let somebody else make all the decisions for you. Yes, and you end up eating exotic food that you would never normally pursue and wondering why you can't just simply have pizza or burgers. <laughs> right, because you didn't say, I'm really craving a pizza today or a burger. Or, I'd like a burger, yeah. Or a you taco. Said, no, we'll let you guys decide. Well, we're adventurous eaters. <laughs> exactly. Then there's avoidance or deflection. You know, where you, you avoid or you ignore making the decision. You know, it's like, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. <laughs> well, guess what? Eventually, something's going to bite you in the butt about it because deflecting it or putting it down and ignoring it, you know, even though if a decision has to be made, you have to make it. You know, if you have a letter from the IRS comes, guess what? You can't put it down for too long because there's a deadline when you have to respond. Oh, absolutely. There is a deadline. And if you don't respond by the deadline, there are consequences that multiply daily. <laughs> absolutely. In terms of penalties and interest. So, yeah, not making a choice can be a devastating choice. And even avoiding making a choice can be very devastating. Look at people who need surgery. They have, they're having a physical something or other. And they ignore it and they ignore it and they ignore it because they're afraid. But then they finally have to go to the doctor and they find out it's now stage four or it's something that they could have turned around earlier if they had paid attention to it and dealt with it. But now that you don't deal with it, it's now so big. It's like it's hard to get that toothpaste back in the in the tube, if that makes sense. Exactly. So how how many have we gone through now? Five? We've gone through four. Four. Two more. Two more, weighing, it, weighing the options. So that's where you analyze and you strategize, you know, and you take in all the information before you, that's very left brain. Yes, your, you know, your two-column approach. Yes. <laughs> which, by the way, you still may respond with something impulsive and emotional. Okay. And then there's the prioritizing and contemplating where you're focusing on the important decisions and you're determining how those choices will affect others. So it might be how it's going to affect your family. Do you want to move to another place? Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're coming up on our first break here already. So I really want to dig into how you sift through what you've been doing and and maybe change the methods that you perhaps choose uh, after the break. So if you're out there listening to us, out there in listener land, uh, get your pen, get your paper. And I'd like you to spend a couple of minutes now that we've had that list thinking about how you historically have approached your decisions. And we'll be right back from the break. So stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a f***ing long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My F***ing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here talking with the amazing and wonderful Marla Goldberg about the power of choice. And before we went to break, you had listed out uh, several strategies for making choice. Can you remind us what those are, please? Okay, so the six approaches are impulsiveness compliance, delegating, avoidance and deflection, weighing the options, and prioritizing and contemplation. So those are the six that's, ways of those ways approach it, that you can approach it. That's beautiful. So is should we look at this list and go, okay, here's a number of strategies I can use, or are some of them maybe non-starters? <laughs> so these are basic approaches, right? How people tend to do things, but it's sort of, but a lot of times you take those and you weigh them, and then you, people will work within these constraints. Value-based, they make decisions on the value of something. Um, Mercedes versus Lexus, you know, Ford versus Cadillac, whatever it might be. Then you go into the habit-based decision-making, you know, and again, as you go down the thing, here's my cereal, here's my toothpaste, and nothing changes. You never change anything. It's all habit-based. And then goal-based. You make decisions based on the goals you have. Well, if I want to lose 15 pounds, I'm going to make a decision to change my eating, and I'm going to eliminate X, Y, and Z. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm going to purchase... PDQ instead of XYZ. <laughs> more lettuce might be good. <laughs> exactly. Have a little more green. And but yeah, those are those are the basis that people will, you know, really get their decisions made by. But again, the underlying thread it tends to be emotion. So it's it's learning how to make decisions based on a neutral stance. You know how when you're doing energy work, it's really important to be neutral. Well, in making decisions, it's, you know, look, if it's inconsequential, it's not going to make a difference. No harm, no foul. Right. But when it's bigger, like the decision you made to bring your father to Arizona 
there was a big decision and you had to weigh a lot of different components, a lot of moving parts to make the decision. And the most important one is, would he be able to deal with your stairs or the way your house is laid out? That's huge. That's huge. As is, would he be willing to even consider leaving Minnesota? <laughs> yes. And and luckily he did, which is good for him. And his his decision might be, I want to spend as much time with my daughter as possible you know, before it's my time to transition. And, and you know, it's a question I, I don't, I don't know why. I feel like I really wasn't, you know, wasn't the basis of, you know, your father's decision, but I think it was underlying somewhere. That's how I feel. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm sure it was. I think COVID kind of helped us a little bit with that too. <laughs> A little nudge, a little Well, because I think he had in his mind, I'll I'll go into assisted living, my friends will all come by and see me, and I'll have this social life, and the social life did not happen. (laughs) Well, and here's the thing, you know, they're going through their stuff too. And with COVID, everybody was kept away from everyone else. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I know who haven't seen their grandchild well, up until recently, but haven't been able to wrap their arms around their grandchild and their faces are covered. And it, it's heartbreaking because this is your family and you want to be oh, able yeah. to connect. Absolutely. My my bonus aunt, <laughs> uh, she's got grandkids and great grandkids. Oh. And I think it was around August last year. It had been, you know, six months since she'd seen anybody and she wanted to be able to see and, and socialize and whatever. And her, one of her sons got this idea. He got this great big plastic, clear plastic tarp. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, okay, here you go. Here's your hug tarp. <laughs> you stand on one side, they stand on the other. And so they got hugs through the, the polypropylene. <laughs> How lovely. Did they have circles cut out so they could stick their arms through and put it around them? I, I don't have all the details on okay. it. Okay. Yeah. The, the idea was contact with the barrier. <laughs> I, I don't know why this brings up, but it sounds like the same. So in Orthodox Jewish religion, you know, the super Orthodox, when they make love, it's supposed to be with a sheet between them. Yes. I remember I seeing something about that in Yentl when I watched it like decades ago. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that reminds me of. Is like, and here's the thing: to me, there's nothing better than body to body contact, heart to heart contact. You know, I mean, obviously with my husband, it's different. It's a different kind of a contact, but you know, you miss just touching people and hugging. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, on the. What is the role of choice in our life? What, what does uh, the attitude that you have towards choice do in your life? Oh, God, you know, it's as subjective as an opinion. Um, but the role, the role is really important. And again, I, you know, you and I talked about this before we got on, about how many people tend to just take it for granted, like breathing, you know, that, you know, choice is just, you know, a right, you know, and it's an entitlement and they can make whatever choice they want. And in a way, yes, it's true. But it's important in the fact that it is the springboard to what happens down the road, mm-hmm. down your road. And so you can make a decision 
to get involved with somebody. All the red flags could be there. They could oh, be yeah. showing you all the red flags. And, I've played you know, the, that game before. <laughs> absolutely. And the bells and whistles are going off. And, and you go down that road anyway because there's a familiarity to the energy, right? Mm-hmm. And that partner, I don't care if it's a male or a female, but all of a sudden. Or, or the, you tell yourself they have so much potential and that you yeah. could pull it out of them. Oh, absolutely. Right? And then you make the decision to waste so much time. It doesn't make a difference if it's one date, a month, a year four years, 10 years, whatever it is, trying to convert somebody that's never going to be converted. And why in the reality of things, if somebody isn't right to begin with, why do you really want to put in that much effort and work to make somebody, you know, be somebody who they're not? Exactly. Well, and I've, I've come to the conclusion that potential is always a trap. If the potential hasn't been realized in some form or fashion, it's probably not going to be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, that, but that is a huge, you know, thing that people just tell, no, I'm attracted to him. Well, that's great that you're attracted to him, but he doesn't show up for dates. He's late. He doesn't call when he says, I'm talking obviously from a yeah, female. He, he's here. not where he says he's going he's to gonna, be. Yeah. Right. It's like, and a ding, 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 ding. And you're making excuses that's co-enabling. And then you need to look at yourself because why is it that you feel that it's okay to treat you in a certain manner? And most mm-hmm. people don't think about that. And it's something I talk about a lot is in all your circumstances, and I'll talk about me, in all my circumstances, all my experiences, the common denominator in them is me. Exactly. And so you have to look at yourself for why are people treating me this way? Well, why do you think that, you know, you're allowing them to treat you that way? And though it's not a conscious allowing, it's an energetic allowing. Mm-hmm. Because there's something that's going on with you that is putting out the, the, the waves saying, it's okay, treat me like crap, because it's where mm-hmm. you're comfortable. Yeah, ignore me, push me to the side, it's all right, I will take whatever scraps are left. And I... I love that we've come to this topic because I had the practice husband before I got the reward husband. (laughs) (laughs) And I did a lot of soul searching and thinking about how I had contributed to the challenges that were in that first relationship with the practice husband. And while there was uh, plenty of what do we want to call it, blame, responsibility, whatever that lay on his side of the fence. There was also plenty on my side of the fence, and that's where I needed to clean house because I can't do anything to change his stuff. I can only change my stuff. Exactly, and I had that first husband too. You know, with, with you know, what did you call your practice husband? I had that yes. too, and yeah, I have to. Take, I mean, my ownership is the red flag was there very early, but I pursued it anyway to try Mm -hmm. to fill a need that I needed filled. But he wasn't like a round, what is it, square peg in a round hole. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I found that accepting my responsibility for what happened in that relationship really changes things. And I think that's where the power of choice really comes home, right? Yes. Because your response ability is the choice that you make after the the event happened whatever it was yes whether it's a car wreck or a health situation or bad relationship what it is your power lies in that choice that you make afterwards 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's how, okay, you've made this decision. Now, what decisions are you making sequentially afterwards, you know, to either get yourself out of this situation or dig yourself deeper into the situation? Right. And, and how do you choose to allow it to impact the rest of your life or not? Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, obviously, everybody has to, to look in the mirror and decide what's, you know, best for them. A lot of people are afraid, so they don't make the choice to change. They mm-hmm. don't make the choice to ch- change their situation, because they're afraid, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? You know, whatever it might be. Who am I going to be if I don't have a man in my life? I know that was a big part of my story back in the day. It's, it's- yeah, that 1960s upbringing, right? <laughs> you have yeah. a man in your life. <laughs> right, you have to get married, have children, you know, go to the suburbs and, you know, that will fulfill you. But no, that's not the case. What I've learned is you have to learn to love and fulfill yourself first. And then whatever comes to you is frosting. You know, I look at, at my heart as a cake, And I want to make sure that I fill the holes in my heart with my essence, with my healing. And that like my life with my husband is a bonus because, but I've done my work. And now my bonus is I have this amazing relationship with this incredible human being. And we have in this really phenomenal connection and life together And everybody, and if I can have it, everybody else can have it too, but they have to stop filling their holes with other people and things, get rid of those, start learning to heal your wounds, fill it with your self-love and acceptance, and then you will bring everything to you that matches your vibration that you deserve. That all sounds wonderful, but when you're like in it in the moment, right? Wow. How do you start to shift that? Because a lot of times you're maybe in relationship with people who resist. (laughs) You're uh, putting yourself a higher priority on your list of important things. Oh, geez. Well, for me, I can talk from what I did is I started going to my first school and started gaining strength because I started healing my wounds And, you know, it might be talking to a therapist, it might be going, I've learned about this new therapy, therapy called Rohan, which is incredibly powerful. And I've done done that, uh, along with many, many years of self work. And when you start working on yourself, what you'll find is that when you raise your vibration, those who can't be in the peripheral or the the, I'm losing the, the technical term. but In your ambient environment. <laughs> thank you. Will fall away. So really, you raise your vibration. You start healing yourself. And if your relationship, your work environment um, is toxic, what will happen is as you get healthier and stronger, it has no choice but to fall away somehow. The big thing is don't cling to it and grab on it like it's your saving breath. Yes, exactly. Don't don't keep him from packing his bags and walking out the door. Don't try to to save it when they sit you down in the HR office and go, "We want to review your your performance." Okay, fine. Just let it go. 
Yeah. yeah. And know that when one door closes, it truly, truly happens. Another one will happen. And here's the thing. Ask for help. Ask for guidance. You know, spirits and angels don't have free will. So unless you ask for it, they're not going to bring it to you. I knock on that door multiple times a day, asking them to help, sending them out to do my do my errands, to bring me the things that I want to bring to myself to manifest. Mm-hmm. And if it's peace of mind, peace of heart, you know, healing your heart, whatever it might be, call, ask for help, and it will show up. And you exactly. can ask for Show me, show me a sign that it's working, and they will show you a sign. Uh, and be a little specific about what you want the sign to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And- because some of the, they'll be like, I asked for this new amazing job, and what happened? I got fired. Well, of course you got fired because you needed to go look for that new amazing job. But exactly, if, if, if you don't want to get whacked <laughs> prematurely, you might want to specify <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, you have to be open-minded because things don't always come to you the way the logical mind thinks it should. Oh, I know. It's like, I want to be out of this miserable relationship. When am I meeting Prince Charming? Well, that's going to be after you've had this nasty breakup with the guy that you're going through and you've had to find a new place to live. and, and You had to you, heal. You and had to heal, heal and your life was all turned up by the roots. He'll, he'll turn up, you know, a couple of years farther down the road. Absolutely. All this crap's got to happen first. Right. You have to clean out your closet so you can make room for more things to go into your closet. Exactly. You've got to empty your hands in order to receive what the universe has got coming next. Absolutely. Love that. I love that. We're fixing to come up on our next break here. So all of you out there with your pens and papers uh, and your decision strategies from earlier, I'd like you to spend some time around some of the quote-unquote setbacks that you've had in your life and spend some time thinking about how they actually were an answer to prayer for what you were looking for in that moment and what has come out of that because I think that's kind of like the first step to trusting that it's all going to work out all right so hang with us we'll be right back from the break Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a f***ing long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My F***ing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Thank you. 
listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. This is Sophia Renee, and I'm here with the wonderful and amazing Marla Goldberg, and we're talking about choice. And so I have a question for you, Marla. Okay, we went through the the six (laughs) strategies of impulsiveness and delegation and all this sort of thing. Yes. And if we identified maybe one or more modes that aren't working quite so well for us, what would you recommend around shifting to another strategy? How do we make... How do we decide which of our 35,000 choices every day? <laughs> what areas of our life should we focus on that will make the biggest difference? It'll move well, the needle. There, there is, you know, uh, there's so many things that we can choose to change. So I'm just going to do a quick rundown of it. We can change, choose to change our legacy, meaning, you know, you can choose to choose the way people think about you and see you by your behavior. You know, so maybe you might be, you might have been critical, judgmental, and all of a sudden now you're impeccable with your words and you're not critical and judgmental anymore. Then people will remember you as, uh, you know, a compassionate person and not a judgmental person. So that's one area in your life. Another how do you, one. How do you shift something like that? Because it seems to me that's kind of a really fundamental personality thing in a lot of ways. I, I grew up with a very judgmental mother. There's only one way to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I have not seen a lot of shift around that over her lifetime. Well, and I, I have to admit, back in the day, before I went down my spiritual path, I was highly A++ personality, and I had to have things my way, and I had a definite opinion and a definite, you know, way of, of behaving, and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't loving, it wasn't benevolent, but I was not aware of it. So, it's becoming aware is the number one thing, and then, so I use the term clear delete. So, what I started doing was paying attention to what I was saying Um, And if I was being judgmental, if I was being critical, and then as soon as I would say it, I would like clear delete three times and start paying attention. It it brought me to the fact where I was able to pay attention to what I was saying. It also worked with what I was thinking. And so, and I also became a little bit humble and learned to apologize if I was shooting all over people. and it's like, you know what? It's not my life. I apologize. I don't mean to shoot all over you. It's your decision. You need to, you know, work with it. But it's becoming really impeccable with our words, thoughts, and our actions. Mm, okay. And that's a very... I like that first step of just becoming aware of it. I like little doable things and to become aware of what's happening feels more doable than being dramatically different suddenly. Well, everything is a subtle change. You're not going to turn around and say, I'm, I'm not negative at all anymore. I'm positive. But then the first thing that crosses your path that, isn't, that, that triggers you, you start swearing at it or, you know, you just fall back into that trap. And when you've been in a habit for a long time, 
It is about how do you get out of that habit, and it's by being mindful, conscientious, and then making the shift. And when you overstep and you fall back into the pattern, basically clearing it so it doesn't energetically go out and come back like a boomerang and smack you. Right. Well, and what do I want to say? Having some compassion for yourself. Well, you have because to, yes. Part, part of changing, right, is you'll, you'll mess up. You'll go into the reflexive whatever it is because it's reflexive. <laughs> and exactly. it takes a little while. It takes a little while to interrupt those, which is why I like, I like my eight-second barriers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're quick, that's for sure. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's – you had you too. You have to be kind to yourself and gentle with yourself, and know that if you fall off the wagon, you just get back on again. It's like in meditation: your mind is clear, your mind is clear, and all of a sudden, I have to go to the dry cleaners. Floats in your mind, and then all of a sudden, it's triggering all these things you need to do. It's acknowledging those thoughts and saying, "I'll deal with you later." I'm going to get back to my practice and get back into, you know, keeping your mind as open as possible. Absolutely. One thing I found helpful because I've got one of those busy brains that likes to generate the to-do list and, oh my God, you forgot to send that email, right? Yes. <laughs> so in my, in my mental space, I have a box that those kind of thoughts go in. And that way, when I leave my mental space, I can just take the box with me. And I don't have to worry about it because otherwise I go through this, uh, well, I need to remember that for later. Or I need to remember that for later. No, I just stick it in the box. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yes, that's nice. I really like that. Yeah. Hey, you're welcome uh, to use my box in your mental space, Marla. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm just going to like come down and uh, mention a few other things that we can change. Okay, we could change our health. How do we do that? Well, if we're sedentary beings, you could start by walking, riding a bike, taking an exercise class, taking yoga. I mean, it's just changing the way you do things or what you eat. Exactly. You know, what you put into your body. I like the eight-second thing with that too, right? Because when you're thinking about, well, I'm going to take a walk in the afternoon, how do you make sure that that happens in in your schedule, right? And so when I make a, an intention, like I'm going to walk in the afternoon, I do a couple of things. I create an interrupt in the form of a reminder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I'm more likely to do it if I commit to somebody else. So I'll send an email or an invitation to somebody to join me on that walk. Right. And I will make sure my walking shoes are right next to the door so I don't have to go looking for them. Oh, I like that. I, I time block. So if I'm going to work out, I just put it in my calendar, one hour, noon to one, walk, boom, and that's it. And I, you know, and I'm very, I get very structured when I have a calendar, when I have a planner. So if I put it in the planner, unless some earth shattering something comes up, you know, with a deadline, I'm going to go and follow through on it. That's why when I work out, I like to, I hate to say it this way, but I'm better off if I have a class or I'm. I have an accountability something because once I'm accountable, I'm there. If I'm on my own devices, you know, you could find 14 other emergencies to fill the time. Absolutely. Or I just can't find my damn walking shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Those damn walking shoes. They're just so, so tricky. 
True, but we have control over our time, right? So it's like if you're if you're wasting time, losing time because you're on your devices, put your devices down. If you you know want to make more time for creative endeavors, well, then you have to again time block. It, it's it's your choices on how what how you fill your day. Those are choices. The next well, is I, our. I have found if I don't put it on my calendar, it does not happen. And a lot of times it's way with me. I used to be, I used to have this photographic memory. So everything would be like in my mind and then something happened. And now it's sort of like a sieve. So it's there's certain things. Old to age. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it's, there seems to be a correlation. I'm not so sure that aging is an innocent bystander here. There is a correlation. It's, it's, but but yeah, time blocking is really important. But again, you know, like for me with my husband, at, at the end of the day, we have two hours together. And whether it's sitting next to each other in front of the TV, it's our time together. So I don't want to put it aside to paint. That's a decision that I have because I also paint abstracts and, you know, create. Um, yes. So it's a choice I make to spend time with my husband because he travels a lot. Or, you know, or we, we go in separate directions and we're on the road. So it's about, you know, what's, where's the importance? And my important, my importance is to give him focused attention. Even if the, even if it's focused sitting on the couch, but it's, um, I just want to go through a couple more line items. Yeah. If you don't mind, but our input, how much, what are we going to let into our brain? Mm. You know, how much information are you going to let in? There are people that cannot put down their devices. They're on the news all the time. And it's story after story and it's news on oh, TV. And it's just started on the news. And <laughs> Dad's and, a CNN junkie. <laughs> and you fill your brain with this stuff. Well, you have the choice to turn it off. Put your device down. Stop reading. You know, the, the, the stuff that's going to toxify your brain your brain and in your system and do something that supports your brain and your system, like a bath with candles and music or right. a walk with your partner or, you know, a game. I was I, last I time find you if I a go board into game. the backyard to do something in the garden, he'll follow me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have pretty temperate weather where you are. So thank heavens. The next choice is your friends, who you yes. let into your life. Not everyone is there to support you. There are so-called quote-unquote friends that are really not friends. They don't support your being. They don't support, you know, um, you in the way you need to be supported, yet they want you to support them the way they want to be supported. Is this yeah. somebody you want to keep in your life? That's a decision. Yeah, Exactly. How do we become more mindful about where our decisions are at? Because I know, especially when I was younger, I would look around my life and go, oh, God, it's such a mess. How did it get this way, right? <laughs> so, How do you start taking those baby steps into mindfulness and identifying where the choice points actually are? Well, it's you actually have to make a concerted effort, and it's all about the concerted effort to pull back and review what's going on. So pick an area in your life. Don't try to pick the, every area, you know, work, friends, <laughs> I want values, to beliefs. Right <laughs> yeah, no, no. What's the area that's really gnawing at you now? 
pull back? What can you change in that? So let's talk about friends. You know, how many times do we try to jump through hoops or we've in the past tried to jump through hoops to be a people pleaser, to be accepted? Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, you, the, where, do you, where can you make the change? Well, you know what? I'm tired of jumping through hoops. I don't need to jump through hoops. This isn't the person that must be here to be my friend. They're, they're probably one that's here for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing, a reason sees in our lifetime. Well, if people are toxic and they're not supportive of you the way you, they won't, you, know, you support them, you need to evaluate, is this worth my time? Is it worth my energy and my emotion? Because all of it go into account. Absolutely. Well, we're getting down to our last few minutes in the show. And I know you brought a gift with you for the listeners. Would you like to share what your gift is? And then I'll tell them where they can go get it. Thank you. Yes, I am offering a 20-minute complimentary session um, with me, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, you know, to see, you know, where I can guide you, where I can help you, information I might be able to bring you um, through our conversation. And hopefully it at least plant some seeds and, and get your, you know, you germinating on the right path, the right decision, the right choice. <laughs> the right strategy to get to the choice. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yes. So if you're interested in hooking up with Marla for one of these free sessions, you can go out to SovereignSelf.media. She'll be up at the top of the speaker tools page there. And the link to get signed up for your session will be sitting there waiting for you whenever the moment is right. And mention that I was on the show. Yes, exactly. Please tell her where you found her. Yes, please. (laughs) I love that. What is your last, like, word of wisdom on choices if you make a choice you don't like you have the ability to change it and remember that because it's really powerful that nothing you no choice you've made is necessarily has to be permanent even a tattoo can be removed these days and isn't that a glorious thing because oh boy (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today Marla And a quick reminder, if you're interested in Sacred Living Labs, you can get signed up for tomorrow's Life Between Life experience at bit.ly slash spirit talks one. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-P-I-R-I-T-T-A-L-K-S one. And until next week, go out and live soul first. 